Got this it. Is, <laughs> this is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And Avoid the Maze is uh, a podcast where we talk to people of all different areas in life and from various cities and countries as well. Because sometimes as we're walking down that path of life, the thing that we decided, this is the path I'm going to take. Sometimes we get detoured along the way. My guest today is Deb Manso, and uh, she has a new single out called Wordplay. And I really got caught up in the name of the song, Deb, um, because my older brother is a Scrabble player. So anytime I see something with the name Word, it's like, are you a Scrabble player or a devout reader? So tell us a little bit about the single and how you wrote it and who you are. Okay. Um, so Wordplay, the title, the irony was that I was taking a songwriting course and so you know how it's a word mapping exercise. So sure. they call it wordplay. And so it was like the title of the word document. And then I wrote the song and saved it that way. I love <laughs> so, it. I love it. So, and I was just like, you know, it, it it doesn't have anything to do with the song. But I was like, I just like the way it sound. It kept it like that. Um, you know, as far as inspiration, you know, I feel like I'm speaking for a lot of women that are single and dating and, you know, I've gone through periods of dating and it's just like, I felt like I met a lot of unintentional people and I'm at a point in my life where I, I want to have intention. I want to meet someone that's intentional and that wants something serious. And so that's what inspired wordplay. You know, it's interesting that you say that because, um, I have, uh, my youngest son uh, keeps saying the same thing, but in the opposite way. I want to meet women who are intentional, who aren't, you know, out just for the moment and looking for something just at the moment. Uh, he too uh, writes a lot of lyrics. Um, most of them are still in a notebook and I don't know if they'll ever be heard, but I know a lot of vulnerability comes out in his music. So I'm sensing from you that that is what we would hear when we listen to you. Yeah, I I, I am older and I've approached, I just want to say that when I've been doing music for about 20 years and when I was doing it in my 20s, it was a lot of pressure to kind of fit into what's going on. And the luxury about music in, in this day and age is that as an independent artist, you could do really whatever you want. So, you know, me being in my 40s, I'm at a place where, yeah, it is going to be vulnerable because I'm doing everything I want. I'm not following a script. I'm not following what works. <laughs> I'm just doing what I want. <laughs> so, And, I've, you know, you know, as an adult, you go through a lot of stuff, you know. I mean, not everybody, but I have. So it's like I have a lot to say. Well, yeah. I think we all go through a lot. We may not realize it to one day when we're sitting down and maybe hearing a podcast or reading an article and we go, wow, you know, I've experienced that and that and that. And then you sit there and go, oh my gosh, you know, like there's more going on in my life than I ever thought. Some good, not some not so good as well. But you say that you've been 
you know, in music for 20 years, when you were before that time period, when you were growing up, um, was music something that, you know, you got drawn to, or did you have other aspirations as to who you were going to be when you grew up? I've always wanted to be a singer. Like I always knew that was my calling. I think that tradition and this idea of what's real is what prevented me from pursuing my dreams. It was like, you can't do that. You got to go to college. And then I had a son. I have a son. So I had, so it was like, you got to raise your child. You know, you have to make money. You know, it was like very, that's impossible. So it was like, you know, and then as a, you know, we see musicians as, as such, as such big people and so unobtainable, but now I understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It's just a form of self-expression and that's it. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? I love that. So let's go back to the song Wordplay. Wordplay has nothing to do with the song. So what is the song really about? It's just a declaration of like, I want to meet someone who's intentional. I want to meet someone who's not, you know, in a rush to sleep with me, you know, that wants to get to know me, you know, and is looking for love like I'm looking for love. Well, it's a, it's a great message. I'm just hoping that those who feel the same way are really listening because I, I've seen it, you know, so sadly on both the male and the female side where, um, hey, maybe I'm going to be alone the rest of my life. And for some, that's a choice. Okay. And for others, it's, you know, I still want to find that one Absolutely. person who's my soulmate. Um, so you're originally from New York and you perform in New York. Do you, have you performed outside of the, uh, the state? Well, I have not had any live shows since the pandemic. So this is my comeback and I'll ah. probably start doing shows. I want to say in September, October, but prior to the pandemic, yeah, I was singing in different states and I was, you know, doing a lot of traveling and and mostly New York based stuff. But I was doing like I was with a band. I was doing like cover tunes like I never really was doing my own stuff. So I think the pandemic kind of slowed things down and gave me the opportunity to really write out a catalog of songs. A lot of these songs that are going to be coming out all happened during the pandemic. You know, and as horrible as that time was it was so artistic for so many more oh, yeah uh, you know i i hear this regularly that people have changed their careers since the pandemic um you know i don't have to go stand on my feet for eight nine hours a day um making minimum wage i can do what i really want to do for more than that. Um, and so we're all making those changes in our life. And I did it as well. Uh, I've, I started out the pandemic recovering from knee surgery. So I didn't mm. even realize the extent of the pandemic in the beginning. But once I was mobile and I wanted to go places, it was like, well, I've been cooped up for eight weeks. Yeah. And my husband said, and join the rest of us now, okay? You're going to still be cooped up. Um, and that got my mind to thinking as well. Like, 
what can I do differently? So it's really impressive that the pandemic got you to sit down and start writing lyrics. Yeah, because I think, I don't know how other creatives work, but for me, I need a vast amount of time and space. And what I mean by that is like, I'm a little bit of an introvert. So like it, the pandemic for me was like, how, I, was, I was loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like basking in my loneliness. So um, yeah, I, it gave me the opportunity to be still and have all the time and space I needed to create. So the New York club scene is so different than what most of us experience in our cities. Um, I know here in Cleveland, we have a lot of places uh, where both traveling musicians come to and our local musicians play at. And we're very lucky for what we have here, but it's not the same as New York City. And so many people just travel to New York City to find something new. So you said that you traveled a lot in New York, but I'm going to guess that New York City still is so much different than the other cities in the state of New York. Oh, yeah, of course. New York City is a lot different. There's more people, you know, you're more inclined to get like a drug I won't say I don't want to say you're more inclined to draw a crowd. Actually, I I I don't want to even say that. It's just it's different. You have you have more. No, it's different because the crowd is different. But I I was gonna say you you would draw out a crowd, but that's not necessarily true. Like sometimes smaller cities and towns you draw out a bigger crowd. You know, interesting. Yeah, yeah, because we all think of everything in New York City being bigger than life so we assume that some of those clubs would be that way too i would say the more popular venues are in new york so that, that's a city so that's where you have the advantage but even with venues in new york city there's so many of them everything's like super competitive in every aspect you know you, you're one of a million artists there's like 100 200 300 venues so you know you have a lot more options right i think for me I think the avenue that I'm, I want to take for myself, because social media really allows a broad reach, I definitely want to actually venture out of New York and tap into an outer audience. So one of the things that I'm learning as an independent artist, not only are you putting your music together, uh, and even when you're doing uh, cover band music, you know, you have to make sure that you're all licensed and everything about that. And if you're the performer, you need some assistance with the music. Uh, that was one of the issues that my son was coming up against. Uh, you know, he's a vocalist, does not play an instrument at all. And, you know, he didn't know how to approach the subject to different bands is to become part of it. But you have to do all of that. You book your own, you make your own arrangements. So the glorious life that most of us think you're living is really very crowded with many other challenges that you have to attend to. Yeah. For me, I say, first off, you have to have money. <laughs> you're probably not going to recoup that for a minute, you know, your return, but it's a labor of love because the gratification I get every time I finish a project, 
Um, like, cause I also released the video as well. It, it, it just makes me feel like, okay, I put it out into the universe and I served my purpose. Whatever happens next, I'm not worried about it, you know? But um, it's a labor of love. You have to take it day by day and you just have to just keep doing it. You know, if you think ahead of like, well, I don't know how I'm going to put the band together. Like miraculously, all these things tend to work itself out. Well, and you have to have a positive attitude too, which you appear to, because there are a number of indie professionals that I've talked to that they know their craft, but they don't know how to put all those other pieces together. And that, that can be hard for, for anybody. Um, You know, most of us today have to multitask. We have to know how to do those things, but doesn't mean that we like them or we do them well. So right now you're on this music journey of putting, you know, these songs together. Um, What do you have this big dream? So I guess where I'm getting at, um, I know growing up, most of the musicians that I heard of were musicians that I could go to the store and buy a 45 and go home and put it on my record player. And for those of you listening, yes, I lived in the dinosaur ages um, and play the music. <laughs> Even during my time, they were like tape, CDs and tape cassettes. Now it's yep. harder to make money, you know, right. um, you know, venues and, you know, you have to get endorsements, but miraculously the miracle of God, I had gotten signed by a modeling agency back in June. So that, you know, with that has been like funding my dreams. And as far as like where I see myself creatively, I have like these milestones. Like I I, I would hope in a year to recoup all the money that I put in and the next two years start touring year number three, you know, being able to make also endorsements through money. So I'm, I have like a three-year plan. And sometimes we really need that plan, even if it shifts while we're going forward. Um, one of the things that I've learned when I changed uh, my career 10 years ago, um, you know, I thought initially, oh, I'm going to start podcasting and I'm going to have a podcasting group, which we do. And I was looking for those dollar signs and it took me about three months to say, if you're looking for the dollar signs, you're never going to improve. And so I finally had to say to my family, there's not going to be any money here. If and when it comes, that will be a milestone. In the meantime, I'm going to do what I'm good at and I'm going to learn how to be even better at it. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've been doing as well. Yeah, my approach, very present with it. And just like you said, like, I can't look at the dollar signs, you know, um, you know, I have to just keep going and, and, and just, you know, I have my little milestones like, okay, this is what I anticipate in a year, in the next two years, in the next three years, but just enjoy the process, which is very important. Well, and, and I think that's a good, you know? a good thing for all of us, no matter what our um, venture is in life. If we can't appreciate where we are right now, it's not going to get any better. And so yeah. you have you have to take it moment by moment. So, wordplay is out. What comes next? I have so I I do have like 
songs ready to release. I have a release schedule. Um, I'm releasing another song in the month of July. It's called Cocaine Maine. And then I'm going to be releasing a song called Dopamine. I want to say in August and then September, Never Satisfied. And then the EP, like October, January. And that would be my first EP. My goal, like I'm back in like, I called a writing camp, which is, it takes me about a year to write stuff, you know? And so I'm back in a writing camp and I hope my goal for 2024 is to release a cohesive EP. Right now, these are songs that were written during the pandemic. You know, I'm finishing up and throwing them out to the universe. There was no order to the chaos. It's just being put out. But my goal for 2024 is to release a cohesive body of work where like it's one storyline. You know what I'm saying? I love that. I love that. And the ones that you just mentioned sound a little heavy. So what is your, how can you describe your um, music to our, to our listeners? I want to say it's real. Like it's not, it's not pop, <laughs> sugar-coated pop. It's not, it's not what they call a pop, something you're going to dance to. Well, cocaine Maine is a kind of a remix, but it's just real experiences. Like Cocaine Maine is about a relationship I had with a drug addict, you know? And, you know, it's reflective. It's like, how did I put myself in a position where that's acceptable, you know? And I feel like a lot of people could resonate with that. Like, you know, you have low self-esteem, you deal with anybody, you know? And then now that I've gone through therapy and I'm in a good place, I look back and I'm like, wow, I was like literally at a very low moment in my life. <laughs> And then dopamine is about being on um, antidepressants. You know, people who, I do have depression and it's my relationship with like, I don't want to have to depend on something like that. Like I am a healthy person. I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I exercise, I, I don't eat processed foods. And so like, but I still have to take mental health medication. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's very conflicting for me. Right. You know? And you know, this is coming about at a wonderful time in your life where we can talk about these things um, yeah. for a good portion of my life. Um, I didn't know I was depressed. I knew I wasn't really happy, mm -hmm. um, but I came from an upbringing where it was make somebody else happy and it's going to reflect on you. And I did that for the majority of my life. And I woke up one day realizing there's something wrong with this picture. If I'm going to make you happy by um, doing this podcast, well, am I happy doing it? Well, if I'm happy doing it, yes, you know, but I can't, you can't give your happiness to me and I can't give mine to you. And I find that more and more of us have mental health issues mm -hmm. and the more we can talk about them, the better off we all are. Um, some people are taking medication, some are doing it by diet. Whatever works to keep you healthy is what is most important. So um, I wanna thank you for sharing that because you know we get this picture of what an entertainer is. And sadly, the social media has done that throughout the years. Okay. Yes, um, you know, Taylor Swift on her 
magical mystery tour, whatever she's been doing. And, you know, people spending thousands of dollars to go hear her. And it's like, she's a great entertainer, but there's so many other entertainers out there and not all are going to get to the status that she has. And I'm not sure that status is important for many because if you can be recognized, if you can do your craft, as you said, that is universe for me. It's like first steps. And what's the most rewarding for me is that I did it, (laughs) you know, I love that. Yeah. Cause this is vulnerabilities. It's scary. Like I'm talking about mental health. A lot of my peers didn't know that I suffered from depression. A lot of my peers didn't know I was dealing with a cocaine addict. Like a lot of my peers didn't know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like sharing that is like, it's scary. Yeah, it can be. Absolutely. But we all have to stop our judgment Mm -hmm. and we have to stop judging ourselves. And when somebody shares something, you know, not to judge them as well. Uh, I've been down that road. Uh, I had people when I first came out about 12 years ago saying, now I know what's wrong with me and I'm going to get it fixed. Um, They looked at me and said, oh, I'm sorry, you're sick. And the further and further away they moved. Yeah. Were they really friends? Probably not. Okay. Um, I feel so much better for doing it because it's gotten me to a healthy place. Absolutely. So as you talk about your music, you also mentioned that you have a son. What does your son think of your music? He's been dealing with me as a musician for about 20 years. (laughs) So he's like, he supports it, but he's, he's, he's for him, like, for him, it's just, it's, it's, it's what it's been for 20 years, you know, but he supports it. Like he's happy about it. And I'm sure he's proud of me. And that's also very important for us is to have at least one cheerleader who's acknowledging that, hey, I know this is your dream. Keep going for it. So what words of wisdom would you have for somebody who's been sitting around, maybe writing music, hasn't shared it with anybody? Um, They sing in the shower because they're not sure they're good enough but they really want to step out. What do they do? Keep practicing and put your stuff out there. Don't be afraid to put it out there. Everyone has a different budget because let me tell you something, being an artist costs money. (laughs) And I say that if you want to be a ballerina, you got to go to ballet school. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be a you know, airline pilot, you have to go to airline aviation school. The same thing applies with music. You have to work on your craft. This is not something, some people think like, you know, you wake up one morning. Well, there are, there is music out there where it sounds like you woke up one morning. And put it out there. <laughs> but like I was in music school for about 10 years. So it wasn't like I, you know, woke up one morning was like, I'm good. It was like, I've taken lessons. I've you know, I, I've learned how to play the guitar, piano lessons. I mean, I've went through this whole process, you know, um, and just be patient with yourself, but definitely work on your craft, be patient with yourself and put it out. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. I want all of our listeners to look for you. So what we're going to do is in our show notes, we're going to put all your social media out there. 
We're going to encourage everybody to listen to Deb Revis. Um, I can't you. wait to actually go out and listen to more than the first bar or two of your music. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to share it with our listeners. Thank so, you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You too. And thank you for having me. Sure. Bye-bye now. Thank you.